Welcome to the Echo Community Church Podcast. At Echo, we're all about being and making disciples of Jesus Christ. And on this podcast, you'll hear solid teaching from the Bible from our pastors at Echo. Thanks for checking us out and enjoy the message.
us together. And I'm going to lead us in prayer right now. So I want to invite you to just pray along with me, if you will. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the opportunity we have to be together today with brothers and sisters in you who all share the same dad. We're thankful that we're not just celebrating a commercial idea of exchanging presents, but we are celebrating the historic reality that Jesus Christ left heaven and came into earth, not just to be born, but eventually to die for us. You loved us that much. And so, Father, today we look directly at who your son really is, why he came, specifically where he came and where he lay, as a sign that points to the reality of what he wants to do in all of our hearts. He, Jesus, you still want to come and you want to lay in the manger of our hearts to take on you our dirtiness and to let your purity and your holiness be transferred to us. We are thankful for that. That is a life-changing reality that transcends gifts and trees and lights and busyness. It changes the very core identity, purpose, and hope of who we really are. And so, Father, today we are choosing in these few moments we have together to fix our eyes directly on your uh, extravagant generosity at Christmas. And Jesus, on your willing sacrifice that began in leaving your place to come to our place so we could eventually go to your place. So Father, just help our hearts to be filled with that joy that comes from that. I pray for those in this room that have, might not have ever heard the gospel message or who might not be in right relationship with you this morning. That in this moment, they'll understand that their being here is not just a coincidence. You knew from the foundation of the world exactly who would be here today in this moment. You knew that. And in the same way that you planned well hundreds of years in advance for your son's arrival, you've prepared hundreds of thousands of years in advance for our arrival here today. So may we not miss one moment, one idea, one reality that you want us to capture today. I pray for those in our faith community who can't be with us today for a physical illness or who are traveling or just circumstances don't allow. I pray that your presence would surround them and bring them hope, joy, and love today. We ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. I am so thrilled you chose to be with us today. We usually joke around that you have to get here early to get a seat in the back. That's very true today. We do still have some seats in the front if you're just coming in. Um, we're going to take one moment right now to transition because I know you're not here for me. You're here to see all these little kids that are going to be uh, presenting to you. I promise it will be a, it's already been a memorable morning. We still got shepherds in the house chasing down sheep today. So it's an awesome day. Uh, to be with us. Why don't you, if you feel comfortable, turn around and just say good morning to someone sitting near you. You can be seated, and then we're going to transition our uh, platform just for a moment.
I've always wanted to use this mic. Feel like a rock star. Have you seen me? Do you see how I dress? Yes, I am not. I am not. Whatever your mind is of rock star, this is not. This is neither rock nor star. We have all this really cool new, I call it cool and new, so take that with a grain of salt, technology, right, Miss Julie, that we waited for three years to have installed till they got all the parts and we installed it. We didn't install it. We had it installed for us this last week. And we were kind of joking around. We're like, you know, the worst possible day to have new technology would be Christmas Eve. <laughs> and here it is. And here's Christmas Eve. And... Um, yeah, it's not all working, <laughs> but you're, you don't know, you're not at home looking at all this different stuff on, on your computer screen, but I am so thankful for our tech team. They put in hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And they're not only the tech team this year, they were costume designers and script writers and kid wranglers. And some of you, thank you for feeding your kids donuts today before that they came in here. Um, and then dropping them off in the holding, I mean, in the e-kids e room. <laughs> it's okay. Part of Christmas. Um, our kids and our, and our team have prepared just a, a short living nativity that will help you see with your eyes something that looks maybe not even close to what it originally looked like, but it's going to be fun and it's going to be memorable and you're going to take pictures and all that good stuff, right? Okay. Miss Julie, how are we doing on readiness back there? She gave me the thumbs up. Just moving anything that could catch on fire away from the stage because we care about your kids, right? So, uh, all right, we're good to go. I don't ever get to use this microphone till next Christmas Eve, so it, it's gone now. Please welcome our kids for the Living Nativity. Turn the foot pedals on. And give me a guitar. And it came to pass that Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken and the entire Roman world be taxed. All returned to their own town to register. Joseph, being a descendant of the house of David, went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Bethlehem the town of David in Judea. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. When Mary and Joseph arrived in Bethlehem, they looked for a place to stay. They were told there were no rooms at the inn, but seeing that Mary was close to giving birth, one of the innkeepers offered Joseph his stable. Joseph led Mary to the stable, and while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to a son, and she named him Jesus. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and placed him 
in a manger. Abiding in the fields nearby, shepherds were keeping watch over their flocks by night. The angel of the Lord The angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said unto them, I give you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly, there appeared a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. When the angels were gone, the shepherds said one to another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see baby Jesus. They hurried to the village and found Mary, Joseph, and the baby lying in the manger. And so the prophecy was fulfilled, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the day of King Herod, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. They addressed King Herod, saying, Herod sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search for the child, carefully. As soon as you find him, report him to me, so that I too may go and worship him. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. This was one extraordinary night. Let us rejoice, for unto all of us,
If you want a photo of me, I'm over here. <laughs> yeah, you know how the rare this is. So if you want to come get a photo of your kids and into a better spot, you can go now. Because I can't promise they'll sit any more still than they will in this moment. Okay, kids, here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to read a Christmas story. When I say we are going to read a Christmas story, Miss Kendra's going to come and read you a Christmas story. So if you want to turn around and face kind of where Joseph and Mary are, Miss Kendra's coming in. Any kids who are out here who would like to come up on the platform and join the rest of the kids to listen to the story, you certainly can. We're going to read just a short little Christmas story. So any of the other kids who want to come can join us. We will not hand you a microphone, but you can come and join the story. Okay, everybody want to turn around? Turn around this way, Joshua. Turn around this way. Eyes on Miss Kendra. Hi. Good morning. How are you, Raylan? Okay. Everybody good? Crazy. Let's turn around this way. Hey, turn around this way. Guys, turn around this way. That's fun. There's fun stuff over here. There you go, buddy. All right. Girls, do you want to sit down right here so you can see? You can sit right up front. Anybody else want to join? We're good? Okay. there. Okay, we're going to read a Christmas story, and this Christmas story is called A Very Noisy Christmas. Can you guys be noisy? I thought so. There's some noisy parts in this book, and there's also some quiet parts in this book. So when you see this, what does it say? So when you see that part, you can say, shh, with me. Listen carefully because I have to read that part quietly. So it's called A Very Noisy Christmas. Okay, thank you. So what does it say? It was a quiet, quiet night on the hillside. The shepherds and the sheep were sleeping. Then suddenly, you think they were scared when they saw those angels? See, I do. The shepherds were so, so scared. But wait, the angel was saying something. Oh, you ready? Shh. Let's listen carefully, the angel said. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. God's rescuer has been born in Bethlehem. 
He is the king of the whole wide, wonderful world. You will find the baby wrapped snugly, lying in a manger. Then suddenly, glory to God, the king is born. Peace on earth. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of angels were praising God at the top of their voices. Then suddenly, what do you think's next? The angels went back to heaven and everything was quiet again. The shepherds hurried off to Bethlehem and they found Jesus in a manger, just like the angel had told them. The shepherds wanted to tell everyone. Wake up, everybody! Something amazing has happened. Jesus, the rescuer, has been born. Meanwhile, in a land far, far away, some wise men were studying special books and watching the stars. Then suddenly, wow, look, what is it? Can you see what they're looking at? The star, it's the special star. They knew the star meant that a special king had been born. So they packed their bags and went on a long, 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 long trip to see the new king. Say it with me, what's it say? When they arrived, they found Jesus and gave him special gifts, gold, frankincense, myrrh. They bowed down before him. They knew he was the king of the whole wide, wonderful world. Do you want to know something special? No. no, no. no. <laughs> Anybody else? You want to know something special? <laughs> Jesus is God's son and our rescuer. He is the king of the whole wide wonderful world. Jesus came at the first Christmas so we can be friends with God forever. Now that's something worth singing and shouting about. The end. Okay, I get to be like the principal and come and dismiss it. Okay, kids, let's stand up. Those of you that have costumes on, you're going to go, ex oh, okay, except for you, you're the exception, you have a pre, okay, you got a note from parents, all right, fine. Uh, you can go down the steps to Mr. Zach, and they will direct you back this way. Those of you that don't need to change out of your costumes, you can go, hi. She can stay here if she wants. You can head down this way. You want to go find, find mom and dad, find your grown-up? Can you give a big round of applause to all of our kids? Did a fantastic job. Well done, wise man.
It goes, okay. Yeah. Merry, oh, she said Merry Christmas. Oh, thank you so much. The war is still on. Nothing warms my heart like that. All right. We promised you memorable. Are we doing all right? Yes. Pastor James and I have children represented in these, and we sweat more on these Sundays than any other Sundays. We're like, which of my kids' attitudes is going to show up today? Pastor James, will you come lead us in Advent? Good morning, everybody. Welcome again. Merry Christmas. So this is, the, this is the final week. This is the culmination of the entire Advent season. We've been every Sunday reading one of the Old Testament prophecies of the Messiah and then seeing the New Testament fulfillment of that prophecy in the person of Jesus Christ. And so today we're going to look at one final prophecy and fulfillment, and then we're going to light the Christ candle. So before we begin today's readings, though, as you know, we love to invite an individual or a family uh, to come and join us on stage and serve as our Advent candle lighters. And today I have the pleasure of introducing you to a family who's recently begun attending our church and who's quickly getting plugged into what God is doing here. So would you please join me in welcoming the Huffers as they come to serve as our candle lighters for today. Mason is the, he is the, the head shepherd in my mind. You did a great job with your line, by the way, Mr. Mason. Excellent job. So this is Garrett and Molly and their kids, Mason, Nora, Hudson, and Maggie. And uh, I've gotten to know them a little bit over the uh, couple months they've been here. They've been attending on Sundays and Wednesdays, I guess since the beginning of the school year, something like that. Um, Molly's a part of our Wednesday night Bible study, and uh, she helped lead the best team to victory during our Christmas party contest, so thank you, Molly, for that. <laughs> um, uh, Mason, in addition to being a head shepherd, is also a ranger in our Royal Rangers program. Yeah! <laughs> and Nora is a prim in our girls' ministries program. Uh, side note, my daughter Esther and Nora are friends, and Esther loves hanging out with you, Miss Nora, so I'm really, really glad you're here. Um, Garrett, I got to meet you the other day and just, just chat for a couple minutes and get to know you a little bit better, and it has been, uh, it's been great getting to know you guys and your whole family, and we're looking forward to continuing to get to know you better, um, but on behalf of our entire church family, welcome. We're really, really glad that you guys are here with us. Thank you. So I'm going to begin our, our responsive reading for this morning. I'll read the gold text, and you can read the text in white. If you're willing and able, why don't you stand with us for the reading of God's word. We're going to read a prophecy from Isaiah chapter 7 that's echoed in Matthew chapter 1. The fulfillment of this prophecy we've actually seen in our nativity today. So we're going to read from the New Testament, John chapter 1, which tells us who Jesus is and what he came to do. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Let's read together. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then from John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Together. Through him all things were made, Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Together, 
the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him together. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word this morning. And Garrett and Molly, would you please light our Christ candle? All right, thank you very much, guys. Would you show your appreciation to the Huffers one final time? Thank you so much. You can be seated. Oh, and if someone's missing their stuffy up here, there's a little dog up here, so I'm sure someone is going to be in an existential crisis later, but whoever's this is, we will. it's Gracie's, oh goodness, she might be in a crisis right now. Let's make sure Gracie gets that. Tech, how are we doing back there, ladies and gentlemen? We doing okay? Are we at the easy part now? Yeah, we're at the easy part now. You can, you can enjoy Christmas from here on in, right? just want to share a short Christmas message with you today. And the, the little title that I gave is just The Sign of the Manger. This is the last of our Advent series. And if you haven't been with us the last few weeks, that's totally fine. What we've done is with each of the candles that we light, we focus on one characteristic of what Jesus brought into the world at Christmas. And the last candle is the Christ candle. And so we're focusing just on who Jesus is, but even more specifically, where Jesus lay today when he came into the world where did his mom place him and why is that included in the story and what if anything does that mean to me today there's three times in the gospel of luke within 13 verses that luke uses the word manger have you at least heard of that word before how many of you have heard of manger before now here's my question if it weren't for christmas do you think any of us would use that word manger commonly I won't ask for a show of hands, but how many, of you, how many of you probably already somewhere in your house have set up a manger, whether it's part of your nativity or a Fisher Price set downstairs? Lots of us have mangers. Some of you, um, some of you have an issue. You have way too many mangers. You have hit every pottery barn sale, every Pier 1 before they tragically went out of business. You have nativity sets for years in your house. Many, 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 many mangers. It's ironic that something as common and ordinary and filthy and ancient and dirty as a manger, even to this day, thousands of years later, shows up in lots of people's houses around Christmas. So let's just look at it closely for a few moments, and then we'll sing one more song together. We'll give, we'll pray, and we'll go throughout the rest of our Christmas Eve. Let me read to you just a few verses from Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 3. I want you to listen for the three times that you hear the word manger. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. Because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. So there's a quick little answer to a trivia question. Jesus' hometown was not Bethlehem. Jesus' hometown was Nazareth, but because his dad's family came from Bethlehem, that's how they ended up in Bethlehem. And some of you grown-ups might know this reason. What caused Joseph and Mary to have to go to Bethlehem? What was the cause? They went there to do what? The census and to pay taxes. 
Yay. And if you go back to Micah, you'll see that God actually used taxes to move Joseph and Mary into the town where the prophet Micah predicted the baby would be born. So there's a spiritual reason for taxes. Please don't send me emails. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. Now listen closely, kids. Here it is. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Let's skip ahead a few verses. The angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today. He really doesn't like the manger. It's okay. He'll be fine. He has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. So we got two times. And now in verse 16. They, meaning the shepherds, hurried to the village. They like ran from one side of the sanctuary to the other, right? They found Mary and Joseph. Well, how did they know who to find? There was the baby lying in the manger. Now, does anybody know what Luke's job was in, in addition to being a really good historian? What was his job? He was a doctor, big on details, not a lot of extra fluff, wanted to get right to the details. Luke thinks it's super important, super important for you and I to know about the manger. He names it three times. The baby will be born in the manger. They laid him in the manger and they found him in the manger. Now that's really, really, really unusual. That's actually a little bit gross to be quite honest with you because a manger, now we have a cool, a really, really cool handmade manger up here. It's made nicely out of wood. It has hay in it. It looks really pretty. Have any of you ever seen um, what archaeologists have found in the area around Bethlehem, what mangers in that part of the world looked like back then? They were made out of stone in that part of the world. Other parts of the world, they were made out of wood, but kind of in that area at that time, most historians believe that there weren't quite enough. The supply of wood wasn't enough, but it was made out of stone. And what wasn't, it wasn't a bed. It wasn't a crib. It wasn't a bassinet. It wasn't any of the new types of Swedish devices they make to put kids in today. It was a trough. Pig trough, a cow trough, a horse trough, whatever kind of trough, whatever type of animals around there. It's where they'd load up the food for the barnyard animals to eat out of. It's gross, it's nasty, it's dirty. They did not make Lysol wipes at this point. I'm just trying to draw this out. No parent in their right mind would volunteer to put their new baby into a Petri dish like that filled with all kinds of slobber and spit and leftovers and food. And the animals, where did they go for food? They went to the manger. So whenever they got hungry, if you've ever seen, if you have a dog or a cat and you see them rooting around in their dish for food, can you imagine how stressful it would have been for Joseph and Mary in those first few hours of baby Jesus' life to have to shoo all the animals away who are going in there to nip at their food and making sure he doesn't nip off one of baby Jesus' toes or his little fingers? Can you imagine? Nobody in their right mind, if they had any other option, would take a newborn baby and put them in a feeding trough that's dirty, that's common, 
that is nasty, that is filled with all kinds of things that anybody else can get into and nip out. No one would do that. If you were making up a story about how the most important man to ever be born gets born and where he's laid down, this is not the way you and I would write the story. What's fascinating to me is that outside of the life of Jesus, you and I would probably never even know what a manger is, and we certainly wouldn't own models of the manger, and we certainly wouldn't put it up. And every time we put up mangers, they're so nice, and they're so pretty, and they're clean, and they glow sometimes. But that's not what the manger really was. It was the most dirty, unsafe, possible idea you could think to put a brand new baby with their brand new immune system into. Some of you have been there when a child has been born. And nowadays, when a baby is born, that room is sterile and clean. And we wash our hands 18 times before we touch the baby. And moms, you don't let anybody touch that baby. But that's not the way Jesus came into the world. He wasn't coddled. So the question comes up, why in the world did Joseph and Mary put Jesus brand new baby Jesus into a dirty, filthy manger? There's a couple answers, but I'm only going to give you one because it's Christmas Eve and I love you. But there's a couple. I'll just suggest a few of the other ones and then I'll just conclude with with the one that I'm lifting out today. First of all, they had no other option because they were super poor. Jesus wasn't born into royalty. He wasn't born to the right family. He wasn't born into power. He was born into a family that was super poor. They literally had no other option. That's how poor they were. And we need to see that. This is not a story about Jesus being born into the most powerful family in all of Israel. It's about him being coming into the world and humbling himself and being born as a helpless little baby to a super poor family. They had nothing better. That was their only option. But can I, can I tell you what the real reason? The reason they put him in a manger is because that's exactly what God wanted them to do. That was his plan the whole way along. If you go 700 years before Jesus was born back to a man named Micah in the Old Testament, Micah prophesied, he predicted that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. That means God had 700 and depending on about 710 years to plan Jesus's arrival. Plenty of time to plan for a hotel or invent hospitals and delivery rooms and have that come about. He had plenty of time, but God's idea must have been for Jesus to be placed into a manger. And the way we're even sure of that is that the angel shows up and the angel tells us that this is on purpose. The angel shows up to the shepherds while they're at work, and the angel says, guess what? A child has been born to all of you fellows, and that would have ruined most men's day. But for those guys, they were like, well, where do we go find this baby? The angel says, this will be a sign unto you. Angel says, I'm going to give you a sign. Number one, how to find the kid I'm telling you about, and two, a sign for the rest of us. And here's what I know about signs. Signs are not the main event. Signs point to the main event. Now, I will tell you, years ago when I used to drive south on I-95 for vacation, the closer and closer I got to a certain destination, I did look forward to a certain sign. Do any of you know? South of the border, come see Pedro. If you don't know, you don't know. But if you know, you really know. But listen, when I'm lost, the first time I see a sign that tells me where to go, I'm glad to see the sign. You know what I don't do? I don't get out and be like, wow, look how nice this sign is constructed. Let me see the paint. I'm not excited about the sign itself. I'm, about, I'm excited about what the sign points me towards. 
And the angel says, there's a sign. And there's, the angel says, you will find the baby. Here's a sign. The baby will be wrapped in swaddling clothes. See, they were swaddling kids way back in the day. Again, if you don't know, you don't know. I'll just save that for later on in life for you. But that wasn't the real sign because every baby that was born back then was wrapped in swaddling clothes. Here's the sign. You'll find him wrapped in swaddling clothes. Well, that doesn't really narrow it down. Here's what narrowed it down. And laying in what? A manger. You'll find him laying in a manger. The manger is the sign. So here's my last question. What in the world does the manger point us to? What's, what's the idea that God wants us to get from that. And here it is. You can put it on the screen because I can tell. You don't even need to set your alarms today. Your kids are being awesome alarms. If you've been here recently, you know. Here's a sign. I want you to grab this. And you know I'm swimming upstream a little bit today. I recognize Christmas Eve, tough attention, all that type of stuff. I realize that this might be the only time I ever get to talk to you about this. Some of us, I'll never see you again. Here's what I want you to remember about Christmas forever. The sign of the manger is that Jesus came to lay in the dirty mangers of our hearts so we can be made clean. Because here's, grab this, grab this, please. No one in their right mind would put an infant in a dirty place. Why? Because the dirty place would do what to the infant? It would contaminate the infant. No one would do that. Unless this infant is not just an infant. When Jesus was placed in the manger, the manger didn't make Jesus dirty. Jesus made that manger clean. Why do you and I still have it in our house today? That manger has meaning to you and me today, not because it's clean. It doesn't even, it's inanimate. It doesn't even have like a personality. It's just a thing. Why is it so important? Not because of what it is, it's because of who laid in it. Our hearts are like those mangers. That's what this points to. Our hearts are dirty, they're ordinary, they're contaminated, they're unacceptable to God. The thing I like about this story is, I'm sure Joseph and Mary did their best to clean up that manger, but do you think that they could make that thing totally clean no matter how hard they worked on it back then? Of course not. And even if they could, two seconds later, what would happen? Get dirty again. Jesus came and laid in that... (laughs) Sorry. Got distracted. Jesus came and laid in that manger. Lost it. It's coming back. You only have to look at me. I have to look at all of you. <laughs> You're like, Pastor, why do you look over our head sometimes? Because I would, I would get distracted if I watched everybody. When Jesus was laid in the manger, he made it clean, not because Joseph and Mary cleaned it all up, but his holiness touched that dirty thing and made it clean. Here's what you need. And can we just, just for one moment, can we stop with the pictures and the posting? I don't want you to miss this. I don't want you to miss this. You know what you need more than anything else? You don't need a gift. You don't need a present. You don't need money. You don't need a new job. You don't need to gain 20 pounds or lose 20 pounds. You don't need romance or love. You don't need a new marriage, a different marriage, to be unmarried, to be married to a different person. Here's what you need. You need Jesus to lay in the manger of your heart. That's what you need. That's what you need. You need Jesus to lay in the manger of your heart. Don't shut him out. I can tell in the room right now, some of you are closing the door to Jesus at Christmas this year. 
You're saying, I don't have room for him. I can't wait to get out of here and go do something else. Listen, you can't clean your manger up enough for God to accept it. The good news is that Jesus and his righteousness touches our dirty lives. He takes the dirtiness away from us and he gives us his righteousness. That's what the manger means. That's what the manger means. The manger means that it's not my life in and of itself that makes me somebody. It's who lays in the manger of my heart. So can I invite you today to simply receive that free gift of salvation by exchanging the dirtiness of the manger of your heart for the cleanness of Jesus to come and lay in it. Will you bow your heads with me this morning as we close? Worship team, you can come on back. So many of you told me this is nap time for your kids, my bad. (laughs) I just want to allow a moment for you to consider, does Jesus lay in your heart today? Does he live in you? Now, if you have already made a decision to put your faith and trust in Jesus, You've laid down your own life. You've welcomed a new life from Jesus. The answer is yes. So in this moment right now, you can just whisper a quiet prayer for maybe one or two people that are here this morning or that are watching online who don't have Jesus laying in their hearts. If you want to begin a relationship with Jesus today and you you know that your heart by itself is unclean, you know you're not right with God, maybe even this morning you've been trying to shut out the message by making just jokes or distracting your mind. That's a normal response we have when some of these things deal with our hearts. It's okay. It's normal. But in this moment right now, I don't want you to... I don't want you to miss this. In fact, maybe all these things going haywire today is just an effort to distract you, and that's okay. Jesus is bigger than that. So if you are ready to begin a relationship with Jesus today, let me make it super clear. All you have to do is believe and repent. That's it. Don't have to clean up your life first and then come to Jesus. Don't have to kick all your bad habits and come to Jesus. Even if you kick them, you'll find a new habit. What makes us clean is not our own efforts to clean up the manger. It's just to let Jesus come and lay in it. So that we become like him. So if you want to believe, what do I have to believe? Believe you need to be saved. Believe Jesus can save you and believe he will save you if you ask him. That's it. What do you mean repent? Repent means to turn away from. To turn away from what? To turn away from living your life the way you want to. And you turn to living the life of Jesus as he helps you. That's the difference. He becomes the Lord and you stop being the Lord. That's it. 
Okay, pastor, I believe that and I'm ready for that. What do I do? You just confess that to God and he will hear you and he will forgive you. He will save you right now. And Jesus will enter your life, 1 Corinthians says. His spirit will be fused together with your heart and you and Jesus will be one. So you can say that to Jesus in your own words if you need help. Here's a simple prayer you can pray. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. I know that I have sinned. I know that my heart is dirty. Please forgive me for my sins. Come live in my life. You are the Lord and I am not. I put you first and I will follow you. I put my faith in you today. Thank you for saving me. In your name I pray, amen. Now keep your eyes closed for one moment. If you prayed that prayer with me and you meant it, God heard you, you are saved. You don't have to do another thing. I'm just gonna ask you to do something brave today and I'm gonna count to three. I'm just going to ask you, if you prayed that prayer, just lift up your hand and make eye contact with me. You can put it right back down. I just want to celebrate this moment with you. You do not have to raise your hand to be saved. That is something that takes place in your heart through God's grace and your faith. This is just a moment for us to celebrate together with you. So who prayed with me today? One, two, three. Who prayed this morning? Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, young man. Thank you, young lady. Thank you, young lady. Who else? Wait a moment. You already prayed. just want to give you a chance to say, listen, don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. Thank you. Who else? Awesome. See you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Heavenly Father, thank you that despite the best efforts of the enemy of our souls, people have been added to your kingdom today. Seats with their name on them around your table have been filled with the person and the people they have been reserved for. Those of us who know you, we're so encouraged to remember that we don't have to stress about cleaning up our own lives. Instead, we have you in our heart. We have you at the center of our life. You came to lay in the mangers of our hearts. Our sin fell on you and your righteousness fell on us. I don't totally understand all that but I'm thankful. In your name we pray, amen. If you're willing and able, why don't you stand with us this morning? Our welcome team is coming to give you an opportunity to give if you would like to give. Our worship team is here. We're gonna sing one final song together. We're not gonna send out of here sad. We're gonna send you out of here joyful, amen. Some of you got all kinds of plans this afternoon and some of you, your kids are gonna make sure you go straight home for whatever it is you told them they'd get if they behaved. Make sure you stop by the foyer on your way out um, because that's the only way out of here that you're allowed to go out <laughs> to make sure you stop out there and, and enjoy some time out there before that you leave this morning. We're going to sing one final song together. We're going to give you an opportunity to give in an offering or uh, your tithes, whatever it is that God's put on your heart for you to be able to give, to be able to continue the, not only the ministry of our church, but the 23 missionaries that we support all over the world and all the different things we support here in our community. Give you an opportunity to participate in that if you like. We're going to sing this song, then Pastor James will come and dismiss us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for what you gave at Christmas. We cannot detach giving from your love. Because you are love and because you do love, you've given. We have all been the recipients of your love. It's our joy to respond to that by also giving to you through the local church, through missionaries, through the organizations that we partner with. We thank you for that. Father, I pray health, peace, joy, and love over our entire church family today. We love you so much. In your precious name we pray. Amen. God bless you as you give. 
for joining us on Christmas Eve. Um, I want to share one thing with you, and then I'll pray, and we'll dismiss us. Uh, next Sunday, which is uh, New Year's Eve, our ministry center is uh, going to be closed. We do uh, this once every year. We call it Sabbath Sunday, where we take one Sunday, and we rest from the work of ministry here at the ministry center. But Sabbath is resting for worship, and so we still encourage you to worship, worship at home, Worship with your family, worship with friends, and you can also worship with us. Pastor Phil is going to be going live on Facebook at 11 a.m. next Sunday. We invite you to join in. Just log into Facebook and uh, go to Echo Community Church, and uh, we'll be live at 11 a.m. He has a short devotion to share with you, just to help you in worshiping. And then, of course, we'll be back the following Sunday, January 7th, as we ring in the new year and look forward to all that God has for us in 2024. Let me pray a prayer of commissioning over us, and we will dismiss. Jesus, thank you so much for coming at Christmas time and laying in that dirty manger. Thank you for coming into our hearts and laying in the dirty manger of our own heart and making us clean. We can't do it. It's a work only you can do. And so I thank you, Lord, that hearts have been made clean even amongst us this morning. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for coming at Christmas time to show us how to live and how to be more like you. Help us to continue to be more like you and let the reality of your birth, death, and resurrection settle evermore in our hearts this Christmas season as we go. In your matchless name we pray and everybody said amen. Thank you so much for worshiping with us this morning. God bless you and Merry Christmas. 
hope you enjoyed the Echo Community Church podcast. If you prayed that prayer at the end of the message and began following Jesus Christ today, we'd love to celebrate with you and give you some simple next steps to take as you begin your new life with Him. Just email us at info at echochurchmd.com to let us know. If you'd like more information about Echo Community Church, you can check out our Facebook page or our website, echochurchonline.com. Thanks so much for listening.